Welcome to the Westside Investors Network. Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. Just a quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments or take any other action. Welcome back to another episode of the Deal Deep Dive segment on the Westside Investors Network podcast. I'm your host, Trent Werner. In this segment, our featured guests will share their unique stories on a specific deal they've invested in. We will dive deep into finding the deal, financing the deal, writing an offer, and the due diligence. Do us a solid and smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this episode. And now, let's dive deep. Welcome back to the Westside Investors Network podcast. I'm your host, Trent Werner. On today's Deal Deep Dive episode, we're going to be talking with Sarah Weaver. Sarah owns multiple businesses, is an author, life coach, real estate investor, and full-time traveler. Sarah currently has 19 units in her portfolio, 10 are medium-term rentals, 9 long-term rentals, and manages them all herself. Now let's welcome Sarah Weaver. All right, another Deal Deep Dive episode. Today we're joined by Sarah Weaver. Sarah is a real estate coach, speaker, author, real estate investor, kind of a jack of all trades. Sarah, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Trent. Sarah, I want to know a little bit more about your background and the whole author, speaker, coach side of you. You want to talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So Bigger Pockets, maybe you've heard of them. They published my book, 30 Day Stay, A Real Estate Investor's Guide to Mastering the Medium-Term Rental. And I love talking about not only medium-term rentals, but really the lifestyle that I've kind of created because I have midterm rentals. For anyone that doesn't know, an MTR or midterm rental, medium-term rental is a furnished rental, just like an Airbnb, short-term rental, whatever you want to call it. The difference is, is that my guests stay for 30 days or more. And it's 30 to... 60, 90 days? Yeah. My average for the year is 87 nights. So typically three months. Awesome. And who is your, I guess, target clientele that is booking for three months at a time? Yeah. So what's great with midterm rentals is it could be anyone. So you could have a four bedroom, two bath house that you rent as an MTR and you might be targeting families, families that are moving to the area. They need a furnished rental and they're going to put either their things in storage or start all over with things. And then they're going to move out when they find a house either that they're going to move into or purchase. You also have houses like that also are really good for what we call insurance claims. Unfortunately, so many people experience some type of either man-made or natural disaster that makes their house no longer livable. And so their insurance company actually pays you, the real estate investor, to have that insurance claims holder live in your house. And that policyholder moves in. They move in for three months. They're like, yeah, my house will get renovated in three months. And you're like, no, no, it won't. And they end up staying for nine to 12 months. That works really well for those larger homes. Or maybe you have a smaller house, like a one bedroom, one bath duplex. You maybe like have one bedroom, one bath units on each side. That also could go for anyone in a cool, hip place. Maybe it's digital nomads, people like me who can work remotely. 
they move in, they want to stay somewhere and do what I call slow travel. So that's actually how I live. For anyone that's not familiar with my lifestyle or follows me on Instagram, I travel full time. I last year spent five months in Guatemala, spent a month in London this summer, spent almost a month in Africa, and I'm traveling full time. And so what's cool is that I am a medium term rental tenant as well as a host. And I typically host travel nurses or travel medical professionals. I own 10 furnished rentals. And right now, six of them are all travel medical professionals, but really ranging in age. I think a lot of people think a travel nurse is always 20 or 30 something. They're doing this before they settle down. But my tenant in my building next door, I actually happened to be in one of my units today. And she's in her 60s. And she just thought, hey, I'd like to make a much higher hourly rate and be a travel medical professional and see the country. And then there's lots of different other MTR tenants that move into your house. But use your imagination. Why would anyone need to live in a furnished rental for more than two night, three nights stay? And that is an MTR guest. A medium term rental or MTR is something that I haven't really, I mean, I know what it is. I haven't really dove into it or researched it a whole lot. So that was a very interesting viewpoint on who the tenants could be. Did you get into this because you were either A, already traveling full-time or B, wanted to live that way? And is that what kind of drove you to this or how did you get into the medium-term rental? Yeah, great question. So I bought my first rental property when I had the ability to work remote. So I've been fully remote since 2015. I'd live in an apartment. I lived in Austin, lived in Denver. And in between those two stays, I went to South America for three months, went to Europe for three months. So I've kind of been living this way for quite some time. And then I realized, hey, why don't I buy something? Why don't I use the ability to do a low down payment, owner-occupied loan, buy something, fill it with roommates, and then ideally never be there and live in Europe and South America. That's exactly what I've been doing. I bought a property in 2017, bought another in 2019. So it might look like I went really fast, but it feels slow when you're on this side of it. Bought one in 2017, bought one in 2019. And then in 2021, I did pick up a fourplex, a duplex, a duplex, and a fourplex all in one summer. And that is when I started furnishing the units and renting both short-term and medium-term. Got it. Well, how many total units do you have in your portfolio right now? 19 now. 19 in Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and Iowa. And nine of them are the medium-term rentals. The other 10 are long-term tenants? Exactly. And about to be switched. I'm actually in the unit right now that I'm furnishing that was a long-term tenant. So I think we'll probably use this one as our deep dive. I will have 10 furnished rentals and nine long-term. Very nice. Very nice. And now let's talk about the coach, speaker, author side of you. How long have you been doing this? I've been coaching in some capacity for the last four years. And I think what makes me really unique is I really focus on what are you not saying and what are you not doing? I think a lot of us know what we want our life to look like, or at least parts of our life. And then some of us are like, no, can you actually just tell me what to do? (laughs) And what's great about working with me is I can do both. I really have figured out what I wanted this chapter of my life to look like. The last 10 years, more or less, I've put a really huge emphasis on experiences and travel because someday I want to be picking up toys for a little one while trying to manage a podcast just like you, Trent. 
I really emphasize like, yeah, I'm going to hike Kilimanjaro and do a motorcycle trip through Vietnam and do all these sorts of things now because I can. And what pays for these things is not only the cash flow from the rental income, but also my multiple businesses. I have a coaching program. I speak all around the country, actually now all around the world. I spoke in Thailand last year and I've spoken in Canada. Yeah, speaking all over the world. I wrote a best-selling book for Bigger Pockets, And then I also own two companies that serve the real estate community. The first is Aria Design Services. That's A-R-Y-A, Aria Design Services. And we'll help you analyze, furnish, and launch your next property. If you live in New York and you want to buy a duplex in Iowa, I like buying boring buildings in boring markets. And if you're like, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't want to go there, especially in the winter to furnish it. No problem. Hire Aria Design Services and we will completely furnish it for you. It's a customized design. We are investors before we're interior designers and we will save you money and save you a lot of time and headache. If anyone's put together a furnished rental, you know, it sounds like a great idea until you do it. You can hire Aria to do that for you. It's very interesting. I love how you've gotten very clear on how you want to live your life. How, Like you said, you want to live this chapter and you're very clear from what it sounds like on what you want to do and what you want to achieve, which is awesome. I think, like you said, there's a lot of people that need people like you to tell them, hey, this is what I think you're saying, but you're not being that clear with it. Let's get clear and let's go do that. Let's take the next steps to make sure that that happens. And to tell you that you deserve it. I think a lot of people think like, oh, that's good. Like someone's probably listening to this right now and they're thinking, oh, good for her. Like she doesn't have kids yet. She gets to go do these things. Well, guess what, you guys? I hiked Kilimanjaro with a mom who left her husband and her kids at home. I hiked Kilimanjaro with a mom who all of her kids are adults now and she's divorced and she's like, hell yes to adventure. I hiked with a single mom who's raising her kids on her own and was able to get childcare so that she could do this epic adventure. I hiked with someone who was 29 and someone that was 55. I think a lot of people love to make excuses and say, oh, that's good for someone else. And for some of you, you're like, Sarah, I never want to hike Kilimanjaro. So like, that sounds ridiculous anyway. But people keep saying to me, oh, I always wanted to go to Italy. Or, oh, I've always wanted to do that. I'm like, well, if you really always wanted to do it, I think you would have done it already. So let's be a little more honest with yourself. What do you really want to do? And go do that thing. Yeah, and I love that. And I've probably shared it on this podcast at some point, but I had a pretty traumatic experience about six and a half years ago where I died in a car accident. And every day after that, it was like forced on me of go do what you want to do. The whole borrowed time mentality type thing. And if people can get to that point without having to experience a significant injury and surgeries and all that stuff, more power to them because they get to go do these things without getting slapped in the face by life a little bit. And I love your mindset by, you know, just go do it. There's nothing holding you back other than yourself at the end of the day. And for some people, money, I want to be very transparent. Like me is really tight for some people. Maybe the chapter that they're in right now is growth mode. Let's figure out this real estate thing because guys, I'm telling you, real estate is the vehicle. But before we move on, I want to talk about something that I've actually never talked about on a podcast. I too was in a near fatal car accident 
And I agree with you. I can pinpoint now that that moment changed me forever. It was 2006. I was only 16. So that ages me. I'm 33 now, everyone. And I was sitting like front seat passenger because I remember now, Trent, vividly, I yelled shotgun as we were walking to the car and we got T-boned. And my point of impact or the point of impact was my seat. And the other two girls, thankfully, the driver and the girl in the back seat, they walked or hobbled out of the car. The driver was a 15-year-old driving a huge-ass Suburban. She walked out of the car, and I was trapped. I was trapped inside. They actually had to use the jaws of life to cut the car open to get me out. And I was never the same. It was both like mentally and physically really, really traumatic. We won't get too into it. But that is fairly similar to what I went through. It's same seat, same impact point. We'll have to talk more about that later wow. on. But thank you for sharing that. Personally, I can say the same thing of, I remember what people told me because you know I wasn't conscious after the impact, but I remember everything leading up to that. And then obviously I remember how it affected me. And I tell people now it was a blessing in disguise. You know, Once you get through that, it was a, a very life-changing moment to kind of kickstart my career and my family and everything like that. Looking back on it now, it was a blessing in disguise for sure. For me, it really made me a yes person because whether it's morbid or not, I was like, well, I may not be around next summer. So I'm going to study abroad this summer. As I mentioned, like I kind of see my life in chapters One of the other reasons I studied abroad that summer, for example, is I was like, well, next summer, I'll probably have to get an internship or I'll get a boyfriend. I live my life pretty intentionally. Thankfully, it didn't make me YOLO and like go do drugs, rock and roll and a bunch of sex. I'm sure my parents really appreciate that. But it did make me like, yeah, like, why not? Why not? do this motorcycle trip or why not go running with the bulls? Not because I want to be dangerous. I really value safety in life, but I'm like, you're only going to be young once. And I may only have this opportunity to do something this wild right now because one, tomorrow is not guaranteed, but also there's so many things in life that will tie you down. Absolutely. I saw a good or an interesting quote yesterday. I think it was a child talking about a parent, but I guess this kind of pertains to anyone that is older than us. But the quote was, our parents are doing life for the first time too. And when you think about it that way, it's like, you think your parents have it all figured out or people that are further in life have it all figured out, but they're just doing it for the first time too. And I thought that was interesting. And how you use that first and only time is very valuable. And it, like you always say, you got to live life, not do life type thing or whatever that quote is. But I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I think so too. And what I found is that when I really bet on myself when it came to real estate investing, it made saying yes to these other things so much easier. It would be very naive of me to not say like, yeah, the money helps. But I want to be really clear that I started investing that very first property that I bought when I was 27, I was making $47,000. I wasn't even making $60,000 like most of my peers, let alone six figures. And I just was very clear on what I wanted. I was an adamant saver and I paid for school by myself. My mom cleans houses. My dad works for a window company. I really worked for my money. And so I think I valued it a lot. And then I 
spend a lot of money on travel and living <laughs> like a dirty backpacker. <laughs> yeah. But you've earned that right. You have earned that right to do that. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Get things done while you're on the move. Learn more about working with a virtual assistant through offsite professionals. It's a great way to get all the things done that you need to get done. Have freedom in your time and streamline your life by automating your business. Stop spending time on the tasks that you can delegate and start spending more time on your superpower. Call us today at 503-446-3177 or visit our website at offsiteprofessionals.com. Uptown Syndication is now offering a syndication coaching program for you to take your real estate portfolio to the next level. This is your opportunity to have experienced syndicators, AJ and Chris Shepard, coach you on your way to controlling your real estate investing future. Our coaching program will provide you with the tools and framework needed to begin syndicating real estate in your target market. Go to uptownsyndication.com today to learn more. All right, Sarah, now let's transition into the properties that we're talking about, right? You said you're sitting in one of them today. Let's talk about this deal. I know you mentioned already that you're going to turn this long-term unit into a medium-term unit. We'll get into the reasons behind that in a minute, but what is this deal? What's the property? How many units? When did you buy it? Uh, we'll start with that. In May of 2021, it's still kind of the tail end of COVID, not to pull up trauma for some of your <laughs> listeners. But yeah, you guys probably remember where you were at the beginning of 2021. It was like, okay, is this year going to look any different? Well, I knew it would for me. I lived in New Zealand in a van. When Trump announced that he was closing the borders to the U.S., I was on a plane to New Zealand within 48 hours. So I moved to New Zealand. I thought it would be a good place to hide out during COVID. And I was right. I was analyzing properties in the Midwest all the way from New Zealand. I ended up getting under contract on a fourplex here in Omaha, Nebraska. For those of you that don't know, I grew up in Kansas City. I had been to like a suburb of Nebraska really never been to this part of Omaha or really anywhere near here. And my agent kept saying, it's so hip. And I kept saying, stop saying hip about Omaha, Nebraska, <laughs> like knock it off. I'll circle back to that before we end. But I went under contract on this property and I realized that it would cost me about $85,000 in down payment if I didn't live in it, or it would be $12,000 if I could own or occupy. And there was a unit vacant. And I thought, oh my gosh, is it worth 70 grand to move to Nebraska? <laughs> and for me, it was. I was like, you know, I am kind of like, I haven't seen my family in almost two years. I was living on the other side of the world. Before that, I was in Asia. And I was like, yeah, I think it's time. I know that my grandparents were getting older. They live about 45 minutes away from this property. I was like, screw it. Let's see what happens. I saw if I could do it owner-occupied conventional. And I did. I put three and a half percent down, which was $11,700. I still like can't believe that. And I moved into one of the four units. The other three were all occupied by long-term tenants. And slowly but surely, as their leases came due, I would have them move out and I would turn it into a furnished rental. Let me give everyone numbers. I purchased the property for $320,000. Yes, that is how much fourplexes cost in 2021. <laughs> and bought it for $320. Each tenant was paying around $700, $850 long term for each unit. 
And then if I furnished it, so let's just say everyone was paying 750 times, we'll call it four, even though I was living in one of the units, that's three grand. And my PITI, principal interest taxes insurance was about two grand. It was $2,017. Gross cash flow would be a thousand bucks if I rented it out long-term. But if I turn the unit into a medium-term rental, a midterm rental, then I can rent it instead of $750, I could rent it for $1,875. Wow. Yeah. So you take that number, let's again just say times four, that's $7,500 minus even the $217, that's my $2,017, that's my PITI, that's gross cash flow of $5,400. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. Yeah. So within a couple months, you paid for all, all the furniture for the first unit or paid for your down payment. And then a couple months later, you paid for all the furniture. And so that's exactly what I did. I slowly turned all of them into MTRs. This very last unit that I'm in at the time of recording, this is December 2023. So it's been a while. My long-term tenant stayed for quite some time. She was excellent. Loved her. She paid top of the market. It was just one less thing I had to do at the time. But finally, it came time for her to move out. And so I'm turning her unit into an MTR. And it's great. It happens to be around the holidays. Like I said, my grandparents live 45 minutes away. Every time I come home for a holiday, unfortunately, a funeral or a wedding or whatever it may be, it's a tax write-off. So that's the other reason if you guys are listening and you have a relative or somewhere that you go often, buy a property there. Because now every time I fly to Omaha, it's a tax write-off. When it's not my primary, I do own other properties in Omaha now. I actually own the fourplex next door. So I own the fourplex next door. It's doing $7,500 a month in rental income. Its monthly payment is like almost exactly the same. I think it's like $203. I actually have two properties that they gross cash flow $5,000. So I'm super conservative. I basically say they cash flow $3,000. My mind is kind of blown right now coming from someone <laughs> that only invests in long-term rentals. I don't even know what your two and a half X, what your long-term rental would be on those eight units, let's say. Exactly. I think it's really safe to say that you're almost, almost always looking for two times long-term rent. I look for two and a quarter because again, I'm really conservative. I do account for vacancy, higher CapEx. Obviously, there's furnishing costs. It needs to be worth your time. And then don't forget you pay for utilities. Again, that's why gross cash flow means nothing because you are paying for utilities. But the really interesting thing on a building like this, I already was paying water for the whole building, even with long-term. I was already paying for lawn care and snow removal. Really, the only difference is internet, gas, and electric. And it's wild. It's 40 degrees outside. It's 63 degrees inside. It's a little chilly, to be honest, but I don't have the heat on. What I do is like, I'll turn the heat on in the morning. I like it warm in the morning, but toward the evening, I'm like, I've just turned the heat off. This building is so well insulated that it's not really costing me that much compared to my other rentals that I own as far as utilities. When I found that out, I was like, oh, let's turn the whole building into furnished rentals. I'm like, this place is made for this. Because utilities aren't astronomical. Right. What is your cost for, and are these one bedroom units? They're all one bedroom, one bath units. And they're really kind of the perfect size. One thing I wanted to add is when we were talking about tenant type, like who are these MTR guests? The guy that's renting next door, the gentleman that's renting next door, he lives in New Mexico. He got a new job in Omaha. 
he moved into this one bedroom, one bath because he's going to go back to New Mexico for Christmas with his wife. They're kind of wrapping up the house. They're going to sell their house. And then they're going to shop for like a residence here in Omaha. And so he's fine with just a little one bedroom, one bath. Unfortunately, the tenants below, it's wild. They both have a family member in the hospital. Her husband is in the ICU. The other guy, it's his wife is in the ICU. There's just so many different reasons that people need something like this. And the great thing about buying a one bedroom, one bath, like let's say this was a duplex. They were one ones on each side. That's not as attractive to an investor who typically does long-term rent. They like those three twos or two ones. But for me, I love the one one units. They're easy. They're great tenants. And then this type of tenant also doesn't do very much wear and tear on the unit. To my surprise, like I've only replaced one couch in two and a half years on almost 10 units. You could do go through things like rugs and throw pillows, sure. But, you know, no one's like throwing a rager in this one bedroom, one bath apartment. My coffee table is not getting thrown out the window or anything crazy. So what is your cost to furnish a one-one medium yeah, term rental? Great question. Because I own the company, Aria Design Service, I can tell you a really good answer. Yeah. So the furniture itself for like your typical run-of-the-mill, like very beautifully decorated, think coffee table books and accents and great pieces that are still sustainable, you're looking at about seven to 9,000 for a one bedroom. And that includes almost everything. I mean, that's your linens. It's not just the Keurig, but the K-cup for the Keurig. For anyone wondering, my fees on top of that range from anywhere between 3,500 and 7,000. And that's either if we aren't going to fly out to the unit and you or someone that you hire are going to install, or if you want my designer and my installer to fly out and do everything for you, my fee kind of starts at that $6,000 to $7,000 range. I think it's really important that everyone realizes that furniture got hit really hard with inflation. Everyone's familiar. Inflation is real. We're all feeling it. But with furniture, it was 26% inflation. If you haven't furnished anything in like three or four years, you're going to have sticker shock when you see how expensive stuff is. <laughs> Anywhere from, you said seven to 9,000 for the actual, we'll call it materials for a yep. one bedroom, one bath. I guess, what's your vacancy when it comes to the medium term side? I know there's so many different variables that can factor into that, but if yeah. it's going to cost nine grand to furnish it. I guess my next question would be is what kind of vacancy are you dealing with if you're shelling that out and then you don't have anybody for months on end? Yeah, I'm so glad that you asked that because so what I can tell you for my units is that when I have it as an MTR, meaning I have a guest stay 30 days, well, first in 2022, 47% of my guests extended from three months to six months. Mm. That means half the time I was having 100% occupancy for six months, right. which is amazing. Sometimes I'll do even a same day turnover and my cleaner hates it when I do that, but it's possible <laughs> with an MTR because they're not completely wrecking the unit. Ideally, they vacuumed at least once while they stayed there and I do a same day turnover. And so I have two units that are hundred percent occupancy for all of 2022 into 2023. I don't have data on October, November, but from January to September for 2023, I'm at 97% occupancy across all units. For those of you that love math, 
I do have, again, two units that were 100% occupied for 2023. Even if I take those out, because obviously that would mess with the percentage, my occupancy only drops to 95%. We're really occupied, guys. So I've looked and analyzed short-term rentals, the weekend, week stays. And the thing that always holds me back is the occupancy level. Like I said before, I never really looked into the medium-term rental side of things, but that number shocks me to be honest like it is very high compared to what for i a thought lot of, yeah for a lot of people it's 47 percent vacancy in mm-hmm. any given month and i experienced that so i want to really be clear in 2021 when i first turned where well, really it was my primary unit i wasn't really trying to like rent it out because i needed somewhere to live but i put my unit up on airbnb i thought i'll go hang out with grandma or i'll go to mexico and my second guest wanted to stay in my unit for 62 days. And so I was like, sweet, guess I'm going to Mexico for 65 days. And then when that tenant moved out, it would have been like come August, September, let's just call it the fall. And I still was trying to get short stays. People aren't coming to Omaha, Nebraska on like a Tuesday, Wednesday. That is when I like completely solidified, I don't want a short-term rental for a number of reasons, but definitely during the winter. In the winter, you're just not going to get short-term stays at the same rate. It's better in some markets, we're not talking vacation markets, but in a lot of these like secondary markets, you should look at turning your unit into an MTR certain times of the year. For those of you that follow college baseball, the College World Series is here in Omaha. So I do love when a midterm rental guest moves out right before the College World Series, and then I definitely will turn it into a short-term rental for that week or week and a half. That's the other thing is like, this is not passive. Is it taking up all of my time? No, because I no longer have two or three night stays. When a guest moves in, so actually a guest moved out today, never even talked to her. All of my messages were automated. Like I never spoke one word to her and she even extended her stay. She stayed here, I think four and a half months, never talked to her. Like it's my ideal guest. As long as she leaves a five-star review. That's a great example of like why I like this type of unit is they're not bothering me. And I'm not bothering them. I'm providing like a safe space for them to stay with all the things that they need. I got that great message today, actually. One of my tenants Dawn. I actually have ran into her because again, I'm putting together this unit and she just extended for another month. My unit in Des Moines, I had a checkout today. The woman called me yesterday. She just extended for another month. It does happen that people also do this last minute. If you're like me and you don't like seeing those vacancies on the calendar, sometimes people do a very last minute booking. I have a unit coming empty tomorrow that I don't have a tenant for yet. And I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Okay. I got a question about the whole automation side of things. Cause the people that I know that do short-term rentals, mainly on the coast in Oregon, that's where I'm at. I have a couple of people that I know that do short-term on the coast and they have the automated message set up, the cleaners that they have get notified whenever there's a new booking, that kind of thing. How did you come up with or develop that process for your medium-term rentals? Is it something that you discovered on your own or do you have some sort of software system that you use? Yeah, great question. Well, for anyone listening, please read my book because I talk about this. I think you do have to kind of piecemeal things together because the incredible website, furnishedfinder.com, 
is where I get a huge amount of my guests. Right now, I'm, I think, about 50-50, meaning 50% come from Airbnb, 50% come from Furnish Finder. And Furnish Finder doesn't integrate with anything. Airbnb integrates great with a bunch of different platforms, hostfully, hospitable, guesty, you name it, it will work. A furnish finder, you have to manually input them. I personally use hospitable. Please use my link. Go to sarahdweaver.com slash tools, and you'll see everything that I use there. Hospitable is what I manually enter my guests from furnish finder into. And then the Airbnb ones are already automated. What's really cool about this trend is like the Schlage encode locks that are on all of my units it automatically updates the lock to the person's phone number, the last four digits of their phone number. That's all automated. Exactly what you mentioned. When that guest yesterday extended her stay that was supposed to check out today for a month, my cleaner automatically got notified. Like, don't come to the unit tomorrow because there's no cleaning. All of it's automated. It's still not 100% passive. I want everyone to recognize that. It takes, I call it mind space. So I had a cleaning today at one of my units and I'm just always like, okay, what's my cleaner going to text me that something's broken? But the great thing is she's texting a Google voice number. The Google voice number directs to my entire team. And so most of the time, by the time I get it, my VA has already responded and taken care of it. So one example is my cleaner needed something. Well, guess what? My VA in the Philippines already Amazon primed it to her house or even did a Target pickup so that the cleaner could go pick it up at Target herself. And I'm not involved at all. This, I think, is one of the coolest aspects of your business and your investment portfolio is you're in your niche, right? I would say a majority of people invest in long-term rentals, Yeah, at least people that I know. And you're in the medium-term space, have your processes dialed in, you have your systems, you have your team in place. And like you said, real estate investing is never really passive unless you pay a property management company to do it. And even at that point, you still got headaches to worry about. Oh, but- then you're managing them and you're wondering, <laughs> why am I even paying them? This is such a <laughs> ripoff. Yeah, at least that's how I... I have one property manager on one property. It's a duplex. They're both long-term. And that property management company is the biggest pain in my ass. <laughs> it just reminds me, it's like, okay, this is why I self-manage the rest of my portfolio. And I will eventually have to self-manage that property because I'm going to have to fire that property manager. For everyone listening, like I am self-managing 19 units. Well, I guess it's 17 units. 10 of them are furnished and I'm homeless. I don't even live in this area. It really is possible. And it's funny. I had an issue with the trash, which actually hasn't happened in two years, I found out because I called the Omaha trash company and they're like, no, the last call we have from you was in 2021. And I just laughed. I ended up taking all of the eight trash cans to the curb today. Cause again, I'm here in Omaha. I just popped in a podcast. I was like, this will be good. And I did one at a time. So I get extra steps in and I'm just laughing. I'm like, this is what it would look like to be a real estate investor if I lived here. But because I don't live here, normally I would call someone to do this for me. Actually, right now I can hear a friend of mine's son is in the basement putting together shelves. I can hear him. And like, that's usually what I would do, you know, is I'd hire someone to do something. Yes, that costs money for anyone listening. They're like, oh, like if you're never able to do something, but you have to ask yourself if you're a professional or you own your own business, what's your hourly rate? Like, granted, I took my sweet time putting the trash cans out, but it took me an hour. 
to do eight trash cans. I did stop and make a phone call, but it took an hour and I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, it's been an hour. I need to go back inside. What would that have cost me to hire someone to do versus me doing it? I'll say it again, but I love the way that you look at your business and operate it. You seem like you're very organized and are able to put the systems and processes together to, I mean, it's not full-time, but it's not passive. And I think a lot of people would be okay with that, not working a nine to five or even more hours every week. If you can get something that's going to be that middle ground where it's not taking up all your time, but you're also not having to spend every waking moment doing it. I think a lot of people would appreciate that lifestyle that you've created for yourself. Well, and that's what exactly what happened. I promised everyone I'd circle back to my agent calling this hip. It's exactly what happened. I sold the van in New Zealand. I moved to Omaha, Nebraska, where I knew one person called grandma And I made friends quickly, thankfully. And I moved into this unit and I realized I was like, oh my gosh, I can quit my job. I think I was bringing in maybe like, gosh, I don't want to say the wrong number, but I think I was bringing in after taxes monthly, $3,200 a month. And I realized that my pure cash flow after CapEx expenses, because I may jump out of planes and do crazy things, but when it comes to finances, I am very risk adverse. And I was like, conservatively, I'm going to bring in $2,500. I was like, do I really think that I can't figure out how to make 700 bucks a month? And so I was like, I'm done. I quit. Awesome. And, and I quit my job with one. I mean, granted, I did own two other properties at that point. So there was a little bit of cushion. The two other properties cash flow about $400, $500. They're both long-term. But I just really bet on myself. And I really encourage like a lot of people to do the same thing. That's one thing that I've done in my life. And I can't tell people enough how rewarding, hard, challenging, fun, exciting that living this way where you're not reliant on another person that you call boss and who writes your paychecks. It is nervy and it is challenging, but when you hit those wins and you kind of snowball that, it is a very, very, very rewarding feeling. Yeah. Incredibly rewarding and frustrating. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) There's moments, but here's the thing, Trent. I also was like, I don't feel very employable because if you look at my resume, it's kind of a joke, but (laughs) I know the skills that I have. And if I posted on all my like social media platforms, or even just spread the word with my network that I was looking for a job. Do I really think I couldn't find a job? That for me also made it really easy. I was like, yeah, let's try this. All those fails, you can always go back to it. And like you said, you have the skills and the talent to find something somewhere if you absolutely had to. Exactly. Also, I want to tell your audience about, yes, another company that I own, because I think it's really fun. I started a company called Invested Adventures. And we take real estate investors on epic adventures around the world. This year, we hiked Kilimanjaro. We hiked the W Trek down in Patagonia. If you're not into hiking, we also just drank a lot of wine in the south of Italy and in Guatemala. If anyone's interested in a really cool way to have a business expense paired with a bucket list experience, check us out. Absolutely. And we'll make sure we link everything that we've talked about today down in the show notes. Sarah, where can people connect more with you aside from the websites that we'll link down there? Absolutely. The best thing to do is to message me on Instagram. And when I say it, I really mean it. I love hearing from you guys. So my Instagram is 
as is my website, is Sarah D. Weaver. So Instagram, Sarah D. Weaver. My website, sarahdweaver.com. And yeah, if you liked anything that you heard today or you didn't like something that you heard today, I would love to hear from you guys. And that is Sarah with an H at the end. D as in dog, Weaver, W-E-A-V-E-R. So check her out on Instagram and make sure you give her a follow. Sarah, thank you so much for your time today and sharing about medium-term rentals. It sounds like I myself need to start underwriting some medium-term rentals in different markets outside of Oregon. It helps with the 8% interest rates. I mean, I'm telling you that having an MTR, at least one, you don't need to change your whole portfolio, you guys, but just have one MTR in your portfolio. You'll be really glad that you did it. And I will definitely be picking up a copy of your book too, as well. So anyone else thinking about it, I'm doing it. So make sure you do it as well. Sarah, thank you again for sharing about your medium term rentals today. Thank you so much. And for your audience, if they use the name Sarah, S-A-R-A-H on biggerpockets.com, they'll get 10% off that book. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. We hope that this episode has increased your knowledge and added value to your path to freedom. If you would, please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone that you know wants to be on, please visit westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form to be on the show. Thank you again and enjoy your day.